0: All right, podcast listeners, we're back. Episode 30 today. I'm with my old friend, Tony Bonetti. Um, gosh, how, how long have we known each other?
1: About 15 years now.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Speed forward a little yeah. bit.
1: 15 years.
0: Uh, That's cool. Did we meet through tattooing?
1: Basically, yeah, through uh, Ramon.
0: Right. Ramon, Ramon Altor? Ramon Altor, yeah. Right totally I was tattooing him and he worked with us at uh, rebel 8
1: yep and he was at uh, NHS at that time that's right yeah
0: that's right okay yeah I couldn't re- really remember that yeah. connect right um and I ended up tattooing uh, you a whole bunch
1: yeah actually we flew out to Albuquerque oh and we see. stayed at your place your the year
0: what year was that
1: oh man I want to say 2000 Five could have been two thousand five. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, could have been. Yeah, that sounds right on the money. For sure. And um, that was a trip. That that uh, that trip as well is just it was. Was that
0: your first trip to New Mexico?
1: First trip to New Mexico. Um, you showed us downtown. We went to a library uh, sale. We went to dollars. Oh, right. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um we Went to the flea market. Yeah, we kind of got the full. Yeah. Albuquerque experience
0: got the cuisine
1: the cuisine the, the Christmas it's special absolutely
0: yeah, yeah. That, that is fun to have people I had a lot of clients that really enjoyed flying to see me in Albuquerque to get tattooed because they, they really enjoyed Albuquerque I had a friend that would uh, come from the East Coast and every time he came to visit, I would take him downtown to go drinking. And every time he saw ultraviolence. <laughs> it's just one of those things about Albuquerque. Like, they come out. Like, once the bars close, it gets it, fucking gnarly. And, uh, yeah, it was just one of those funny anecdotes.
1: It reminded me a lot of, you know, growing up in the Bay Area, San Jose, right? Yeah. A lot of the similar uh, Chicano culture, right? You know. That's
0: what I thought when I started coming to San Jose to tattoo around 2000 when I was working at New School San Jose felt a lot like Albuquerque similar vibe yeah yeah I liked it a lot because of that
1: see some lowriders go to sure. the flea market well, it was you like know. a
0: nice break from the city which is fresh but it's a different vibe and Oakland again is another different vibe Suburban and even Berkeley is different you know? suburban
1: kind of urban right yeah.
0: yeah you know I've always had a lot of love for San Jose you know again because of that kind of feeling of affinity to the culture through growing up in New Mexico.
1: And, you know, big uh, melting pot as well, right? Absolutely. I mean, just every... Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, San Jose is a trip, isn't it? It is. Were you born and raised around here?
1: I was born in Mountain View, California. I okay. grew up in Sunnyvale most of my life. How
0: old are you? What year were you born? Uh,
1: 1981. Okay. So I'm 39. Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, so you, got, you really have the local perspective. Totally. Because, like... I started coming here about twenty years ago, um, but I've seen in the news just recently that San Jose has the highest real estate prices in the country, which was such a huge surprise to me. But I guess it's kind of the all that tech, you know, Absolutely. like people aren't so interested in buying those old beat down Victorians in San Francisco. They'd rather get a nice pad, a modern thing here in San Jose.
1: Yeah, I mean, just anything and so is expensive. so much of that
0: industry, I guess, is down here, too.
1: I think it's convenience for a lot of people, yeah. um, you know, just to be close to where they work. So you work more than you actually live. Sure. If that's not a yeah. not a dig at anybody, but that's really how it how it kind of goes.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's such a neat place, though, because there's still, like, the old neighborhoods that are, haven't changed at all. And right. then you just go a few blocks or a freeway exit away, and it's super, super modern.
1: I don't know if you noticed when we crossed the other day... Um, over off of uh, mod there, saw LinkedIn, Apple. Yeah. Um, and it just, like you said, you cross the street and you're in suburban track home ranch style sure. neighborhoods.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, uh, usually like I'm talking to f- fellow artists on the podcast and we kind of, I kind of have this kind of generalized, uh, line of questioning. Um, but I think for us, it'd be a lot more fun just to be a bit more conversational. Absolutely. You know, um, so one of the things I love about you that from early in our relationship is you already had an amazing collection of tattooers and you've never actually made a tattoo. Have you?
1: Uh, yes, I have. Have you? I have. Oh, I didn't know on that. Jimmy.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> Jim, uh, minor?
1: No, little Which Jimmy. Which
0: Jimmy? Oh, okay. Little, little Jimmy. Jimmy. Okay. I've got him. Yeah. Yeah, what, and
1: you, just that one time. Just that one time. Oh, okay. So you then, know, yeah, I, I think for me, what it was is getting introduced to people that were very talented, but also um, professional business people. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's I've I've been lucky enough, you know, like through meeting Tyson to get introduced to. You know, we have a lot of the same friends. And Tyson
0: right. was the shop guy at uh, New School Tattoo for a long Ten years. time, right? Yeah, because yeah. he was there when I worked there. And he was I there when everybody worked there, really right? tight with him. Yeah. Yeah, so he was kind of your link to the tattoo world.
1: He was my, uh, we became roommates. I um, moved into his home and... Um,
0: when was
1: that? That was, I want to say, 2008. Maybe. Okay. two thousand Yeah, 2008, somewhere in there. Because when I came to see you in Albuquerque, I had that big Matt Shama um, right. snake with the yep. dagger. Yeah. And um, I think I had started my back piece. Yeah. And I definitely didn't have any lower arm tattoos. Right. Because we had talked about me saving this arm yep. for you. Yeah. And um, it's totally. just crazy that it worked out that, you know, when you yeah. came back to San Francisco. Sure. Um, well, you had actually retired from tattooing at the time.
0: I, yeah, I you mean, know. I, I just, I, I wasn't pursuing it full-time. Right. Like, I, I was like that for a long time. Like, even at gold in Albuquerque, I wasn't there every damn day. Because I was still doing a lot of work for Rebel 8 and sure a freelance stuff. So, I had my hands in, in different things, you know. And then when I did return to San Francisco, what was that, 2008? Um... I didn't really want to bother with being in a shop and having to be a burden on somebody and just kind of kept it on the down low. Did you get tattooed when I had the storefront on Divisadero? I did. I we started there?
1: We started in Elmo Square, though, at Diego's old apartment. Oh, in the house. In the house.
0: Yeah, I guess I did a few tattoos in the house. Yeah.
1: I remember that because I almost passed out because I had been... You know. Oh
0: right, I remember I'd been out all night drinking and <laughs> yeah, I know I can remember that pretty particularly.
1: You were like, dude, you need a Snickers bar, so <laughs> Yeah, no, the Snickers always came to
0: the rescue so when it was right. gonna pass out on
1: me. We did the head and then we kinda just went uh, from there. Okay. And then we we did a lot of it in the Skulls Press on Divisadero there. Right. And was was that Divisadero and Hate? Yep. Right?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like two thousand eight, nine I think I had that. Yeah. That was a super fun place.
1: It was. It was, um, you know, just
0: a... I mean, for anybody that didn't experience <laughs> it, it was a, a tiny little storefront, maybe only 200 square feet, um, right near the corner of Divisadero and H Street in New Mexico, which is basically the halfway point between Upper Hate and Lower Hate neighborhoods. Um, real cool spot. It wasn't very poppin'. Uh, it was kind of just off the beaten path, kind of, you know? Um, but every, I think it was the first Friday of the month, I would have like kind of an open house and I'd put some candles out and and all the new artworks and I'd buy shitloads of Tecate to give out. That's right. And, uh, (laughs) it would get shoulder to shoulder in there and we'd play loud music and the cops never came, but that was, that was really a fun time. But Yeah. yeah, it was so short lived that not too many people got to experience it.
1: It was uh, really cool. I mean, you had all your, we were just talking about the state of the night, you would do an original, pin it up on the wall, and as the week went, you know, on, that was the show for the for the week or for the you know, for how, the month.
0: Yeah, especially at the <laughs> openings. Yeah, it would just be whatever I had that was new. And sometimes it was a whole bunch of stuff, and sometimes it wasn't much at all. Right. You know? Um, but it kind of wasn't even really about that. You know, it was just about getting everybody together. Right. Having a little party in my spot.
1: We were talking about the other night, it was, we'd, you'd put these originals up on the wall and turn the lights out and start cracking Tecates and people were there obviously to hang out and have fun, but it it wasn't that whole art show kind of like I need to like show up and, you know, kind of.
0: It was a different vibe for sure. I mean, the big thing in a gallery, I mean, it's bright lights and you're really showing off the artwork and I would turn all the lights off (laughs) and just put like a single candle under each drawing. You know, and yeah. so you kind of had to get right up close to it. And that's when I was writing a lot of the pencil notes mm-hmm. on the, in the margins. And so you kind of had to get up close to it and read, to read that, that stuff, you know.
1: I think that was cool for a lot of people because it kind of let them into your yeah. thought process. There were very well. few
0: people I tattooed at that studio. I tattooed my friend Myra there, maybe my buddy Francisco. Tom get tattooed there? Probably. Right, he did that. I had, yeah, I probably tattooed Tom a lot there. yeah. Yeah, didn't he get a whole sleeve?
1: He got a half sleeve, so he half, had a Educero yeah. Oh, right. Right? Yeah. And then you did that. Um, he liked my tattoo so much that he wanted a giant snake. and That's right. It ended up being, in my opinion, one of the coolest tattoos you've done other than mine, right? I'm a little biased, but... His
0: skin was amazing, I remember. Yeah, yeah, the colors were super vibrant. Magenta was very, snake. Very sharp. Yellow and blue like, roses. The just stayed really sharp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool, because that's, you know, I mean, in a roundabout way, I was trying to get to the fact that, you know, you're an excellent tattoo collector from someone who makes tattoos, like Thank we you. love clients like you, you know what I mean, <laughs> and like, tell me, you know, this is for the tattooers, like, tell me of some of the people who've tattooed you.
1: Um, Ivan Gibson, Rock Nico, uh, Matt Shama's done a bunch of work on me, yeah. um, Adrian Lee, uh, Phil Holt, Henry Lewis, um, it's Jim fun, Miner. you've got to
0: look at yourself and remember, <laughs> huh? I'm the same way.
1: Jim Minor. Um, yeah. that's Beppe, uh, cool. from Ink Addiction in Italy. Yeah. I think he's in Verona. Um, Who did
0: your torso stuff?
1: Uh, Chris Trevino. Yeah, see, that's right? a real
0: special shit to me. Cause uh, I don't get to see his tattoos very often. And yeah. you went gung-ho and got some big shit from him.
1: Well, it was kind of, um... Somebody that, you know, the guys through uh, New School Analog had, you know, Matt, um, got a lot, of, I think, you know, he told me he was, Chris is the man. Chris, Chris oh, Trevino, sure. you know, oh, sure. it's like, you look at his stuff it's and you're generations like.
0: Generations of tattooers, Chris Trevino has been the man.
1: Right, he's like, I yeah. mean, super saturated, very, you know, like you always told me, a tattoo that you can read from across the room, and it's just, it's yeah. just, it, it's the real deal. Yeah. Right, I and mean, for a Hispanic guy from Texas. That's yeah. That... It's
0: a bit of a <laughs> yeah especially since he does such beautiful traditional Japanese work like respected by a Japanese master like that's a he's had such an incredible career you know yeah. really really exceptional kind of like Ed Hardy like you know just like kind of on the download to a lot of people but like so exceptional and tackled so many different things
1: the thing I liked about Chris too is he not only were you getting a tattoo but you were getting like uh, an education while you were getting tattooed if you wanted to know he would tell you so from um, you know I remember one time he had me make my own sumi oh that's cool right and then when I sat there for 25 minutes doing it he told me it was not the right you know texture and he threw it out and started over he's like well this is what happens he's like sometimes you're not paying attention and you know But he would explain, I think the thing about Chris is like he'd explain the history behind it and the meaning behind it and why you can't put, uh, you know, uh, a dragon and a koi on the same side or, you know, sure. or why the water, you know, sure. goes, you know, the Did way it is. Did he
0: does. ever explain to you about the season? The seasons and how I don't they're think rendered? So. Well, it's like pretty common, I guess, for non Japanese people to put let's say a figure with a spring pattern on their kimono in a a winter scene. Or makes sense. Or you know what I'm saying? Or yeah. like there's cherry blossoms but it's a scene from the from the fall. And right. the cherry blossoms are really only out in the spring, right? So those are things they see as glaring obvious cause they would never mix the seasons that way. Which we do you see, know? I mean you
1: see that in like an American's rendition well, Americans or Japanese. Do anything. Right, right. Yeah,
0: it's a, it's game on like we don't we're not tripping on that level of of subtlety especially if you're just seeing say a japanese style tattoo and just loving it for how it looks and then trying to replicate it not knowing that there's meaning behind it and usually there's uh, stories there are folk tales and that's what you're saying is the stuff that chris is really into and he'll he'll explain to you yeah, yeah, that's why I decided to do this and this. Correct. You know? Yeah, so
1: yeah. I definitely had Chris Phillips from real estate. Um, Ron Earhart did a big piece on my thigh. Al, yeah. remember Al from Spain? He did a... Yeah, I remember Al from Spain.
0: <laughs> I always think about that, dude. He was really fun.
1: Um, Daniel Brigo. Um, oh, yeah, I like that dude. shit. Too. Mike Rubendall, Ichibe, yeah. um, Chad Koplinger, Dave Knapp um you know it's just i mean adam barton zach Zach scheinbaum um chris khan which one did zach do zach did the uh my neck pieces yeah right his
0: tattoos are incredible did he do the rose too he did did. he did both of them and i
1: didn't i mean we're talking about single needle work it was not it was a comfortable tattoo single
0: needle in the neck oh my god i
1: know and um,
0: uh i mean just... just technically tattooing that is so difficult (laughs) <laughs> right but you know the, yeah, he rocked it his approach right yeah yeah because you're, you're what did you say you are 30 something now 39? 39 39 yeah. yeah and you're suited
1: pretty much I just got you know my head and uh, I promised my mother that I wouldn't put anything on my face well uh, sure. she was alive but, but...
0: basically you're suited because a head isn't even included really in just a basic full suit yeah I mean you even have your hands and feet done there's but one what's the name for that You know what I mean? Because a suit, really, to me, you can still wear a suit, a nice, you know, like business suit, and all the tattoos are covered. You know, like a turtleneck kind of situation. But that's the thing. Once (laughs) you then go to your neck, you know, and your hands and your feet, then you can't really hide it ever. No, yeah, I mean, so is there a a term for more than suited? (laughs) Right, and (laughs) I don't know.
1: You you like me? Like we have it? I have it down to my fingernails you know, yeah. which, yeah, yeah, you know, no,
0: that's the thing, it, you know, once you're suited, I feel like there's that decision, well, do I keep going and do my feet and my hands and my head and, you know, or not, or just leave it? Well, we, no, it's cool. I think Whatever. we've
1: had talks about this before, but it's something that I think I always felt um, that I was supposed to look that way. You know, this is how I was supposed to look. Um, oh, like
0: heavily tattooed?
1: Yeah, and I think one of the things yeah, I heard... That's cool. I, even as a kid, I remember thinking that. I think I told my mom, and she was like, what? That's
0: the thing. You're quite a savvy collector, <laughs> you know? And there's there's something... It's almost like you were on a mission to get this, like, incredible suit. Like, you could already see it, and it was just about accumulating the ink. A collective know? of, you know, my yeah, favorite... As
1: yeah. I, I think of myself you know, we're collectors, right? So, yeah. as, like, an art collector, you can only have so many prints, so many originals... But the cool thing is, um, you know, these are ones that we wear every day, right? Yeah. And I think the one of the coolest things that I heard was um, Ed Hardy described it as tattoos being amuletic, right? Oh,
0: sure. That, that's a great word. I amuletic. love that word. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. But that that makes perfect sense. Like an amulet, like a, a spiritual symbol of a,
1: yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, if I you know. want if you want uh, fierceness, you get like a big tiger on your back. If sure. you want like well, even just the yeah.
0: ancient styles of tattooing, you know, you had to earn it through murder and mayhem, you know, to right. get the ink put in you to begin with. Tells a story. I Sometimes mean, it might kill you getting a tattoo, you know. It's
1: funny with uh, you and I and Dave talking about that earlier. It's like, I I can look at the tattoos and I can remember where I was, how I was feeling, you know, how... <laughs>
0: That's what they end up being for me too. More a record of the time and the place and my intention at the time, my thoughts, you know, and but in the end, the image isn't so important. Uh, you know, to me, it's more about just choosing people that put really, really good tattoos, and right. so you can still tell what it is till you're dead. You know what I mean? And still, people can point at it and be like, "Tell me the story behind that one," versus just this big mushy, no outline, color blob on your body. That, yeah. You know, people are like, "What was that? <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> what was that?" <laughs> You know, I mean, it looked amazing 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, and you you
1: know, you get that question, I'm sure. I, I don't get it as much anymore because you know, I'm pretty covered. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, the whole what does it mean kind of thing. Oh, sure. And I approached it, like you said, from like a fine art perspective. Not right. that I have like the, you know, an education of fine art, well, but see, as a collector. It
0: seemed like you, you would kind of choose based on what the artist was feeling and knowing they right. were going to give you 100%. And rock it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and you've ended up getting really, really great shit that way. You yeah, know? Thank you. And, and jumping on opportunities
1: all right yeah we talked about that like with the Greg Rojas thing right you want yeah. a bird cage well you might get a bird cage oh, with a right. cobra yeah, coming you went out to of it six six because tits he does all those
0: bird cages <laughs> right and then you came in to get the tattoo and it was a bird cage but it had like a six-titted snake lady a cobra
1: with six tits and yeah. breathing fire and you were like oh no that's, that's cool that's what Let's we're doing do yeah yeah no I feel you I know right? what
0: you do do your thing no see that's what i'm saying we love clients like you where it's just like you know you can go crazy and you're just like oh i'm in i'm in that's why i'm here like yeah absolutely um so some i was really interested in talking to you since i've come up to visit um you've been somebody that really knows about firearms for a long time and you know with all this the pandemic and now more recently with the police brutality stuff leading to rioting and looting and i think it's got a lot of people thinking again about well if the police can't come help me what do i do you know and a lot of uh Friends of mine lately have been asking me about firearms, you know, and it's just one of those rights that we're allowed as Americans. Not every nation allows people to have firearms. Right. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things I think people are realizing that if there's a riot happening somewhere in the city and someone breaks into their house, the response time could be terrible, you know? and. Yeah. You know, we do have this right as Americans to protect ourselves and to protect our families. Um, And, you know, and two, like, I felt really uh, lacking in my uh, firearm safety knowledge. Um, And just, you know, recently was just like, man, I need to brush up on that because I might be in a situation where I need to help some people out because the police are unavailable. That's my kind of take on it, you yep. know? Um, and I just I wanted to feel a bit more safe, you know? Um, so I came up here, and tomorrow, are you going to help me? We're going f- to have a full day. We're going to shoot a whole Shotguns bunch of stuff. Shotguns, the pistols. Just learn how Absolutely. to do it all safely and properly. Yep. And, um, you know, I would encourage other people to, to do the same. If you're going to step into the, the firearm world, it, you know, some instruction is really helpful. And even in my case, like I've had nothing but informal instruction my whole life. And I, I got to imagine a lot of people are the same way. Oh yeah. You know? Um, so Let's just kind of get into that. You're you've been working at a gun store, gun store now for how many years? Or just oh, not uh, even, just under, like, a year. under a year. right? Under a year, yeah. But you had been um, assembling um, stuff for a while,
1: right? Correct. Yeah. And yeah. I've, you know, I always kind of tell. Smith, but... I, you know, I, I, I call it a, a armory, right? Some armoring. Yeah, oh, sure. um, but I think um, for me it kind of started, I always tell my customers, right? Like I kind of started carrying a gun when I was like five, right? Mm-hmm. And not like carrying a gun, like, you know, all the time. But um, I grew up um, in a family where hunting was, it was part of our thing. You know, sure. it was something we did. So growing
0: part of my dad's generation, but he didn't pass that on to me or my sister.
1: Right. And I think it depends on, you know, as as kids have different interests and they're going to be drawn to different sure, things. And, sure. you know, I think that a lot of that depends on who your heroes are, right? Oh, sure. So, yeah. you know, when yeah. you... It's a good way to put it. We kind of um, grew up in Healdsburg, California, between there and Gustine, California. Um, Duck Ranch there. My grandfather... Those are um, really rural areas. They right? are, right. Yeah. So one's going to be, you know, um, just kind of like we were earlier today. Um, you know, you're yeah. in the... You're in the mountains. Yeah. You know, the um dogs, and of, of California, you know. So it's not only gorgeous, but there's a verse ecosystem of animals, right? Specifically yeah. black tailed deer, yeah. um, you know, Russian Russian boar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you kind of get a little bit everything, but I think for me as a kid, I always felt like going to the deer club or going to the duck club, riding in the back of a truck in our sleeping bags with my brother and sister, right? Yeah. You know, no seat belts yeah. back then. Sure. That was like a vacation for me because the sense of freedom and the sense of uh, togetherness that we felt by being a part of something yeah. together, like we'd have a little compound, live with the you yeah. know, with the different families, and um, you know you you brought your kids with you, sure. right? They had a they had a ladies' day once a year, which I, oh, yeah. it, you know, it, it's a little backwards thinking back about it, but that's kind of that that was the the yeah. culture back then. But sure. um, you know, well, my
0: what years are we talking?
1: We're talking eighty. I mean, I think I started going when I was like five or six. Yeah. So, you know,
0: my dad had me shooting at about eight years old, right? Just to not be scared of it, know how to keep it safe, and to, yeah, you know, whatnot.
1: So, start out, you know, Red Ryder BB gun, right? You know, Ryder and BB guns, yeah, just and interestingly enough, you know, I was talking to you know, Monty, we were talking about that um, a while back where we'd be left alone, we'd, they'd have a CJ CJ 5 Jeep, we'd be roaming the hills of Healdsburg, you know, and they're cruising along looking for deer right they got mm-hmm. their tags our dads and stuff and we're yeah. we're we're emulating what they're doing right what oh, they sure. do we're looking okay. like we're we got our binos up we're you know yeah. real serious right it's yeah. serious business and they'd park somewhere and they'd go make a little hunt right they'd one would start on the top one would start on one side they kind of meet in the middle kind of see what they could push out or what they could find and um we'd be left alone in a jeep with a cooler full of uh beer and you know <laughs> skull and yeah. our here's style. your red yeah here's your red rider bb guns go right. play in the creek shoot sure. newts or lizards or whatever sure, sure. and um you know it's I, I think that kind of freedom and just knowing that you know you have that it, just the reassurance that you have something there even as a kid like let's think about it right a little copper bb and something yeah. that maybe maybe shoots a couple hundred feet per second yeah. not very accurate but i think because of having exposure to that, but also it being very serious that this is a tool, this is to be respected. That's how um, my dad taught me. To right? To really,
0: really, you got to respect this or it's going to be problems.
1: Right. I mean, we weren't even allowed to point, like, fake guns at each other because it was... You kind of had that, you know... Think,
0: yeah, I don't think my folks r- really were into uh, war play so much either. Right.
1: But, yeah, no, but we... Um, you know, we kind of got introduced to that early and I think, you know, just being able to be out in nature and be one as a child. So, you know, there's this nature deficiency disorder that they talk about nowadays where, oh, sure. right? Kids like they, you know, they get, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to get dirty. Right. But I, that wasn't us. I mean,
0: my, my mom would like physically force us <laughs> out of the house. Like you're not yeah. just going to sit here. And she knew the benefit TV. of it. Right. She was like, you're going to go outside and you're going to, Get your knees dirty and go have fun and get hurt and yeah. come back. You know, well,
1: because you're going to learn lessons on your own, right? Exactly. She can't always be there to pick you up and kiss you and hug you. You know, so she it's just, like
0: yeah, she just didn't want us to be retic- just reticent and lazy, kind of right. Know, just Which is like, go do something. There's always something.
1: To get into do. a little bit of trouble, right? Not like you know, yeah, you know, yeah. get and that's I think that's how you learn and that's how you kind of grow up, but. Um, you know, like I said, I think growing up like that, and my grandfather hunted, and all my uncles did, and
0: mine did too. It's funny, know. it's kind of, it doesn't surprise me at all, considering we left upstate New York when I was a little kid, and that's where they were all hunting, a lot of deer hunting. Mm. Um, and then too. we moved to uh New Mexico, we were in a city, there was you know, my folks weren't trying to like take me hunting and stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, they we're working hard. It was just one of those things. It wasn't uh... Kids aren't cheap, right? It's yeah, like <laughs> but, but but that's the thing. I yeah, it's uh it's in, you know, it's just interesting to me that you that in your family that kept going. You know, cuz right. you you go hunting now.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't absolutely it's my passion, right? I mean, for me it's that's my GOD, great outdoors, right? That's yeah. my like, you know, and um for me there is a spiritual solitude that kind of happens you know we talk about it like kind of in a buddhist way right it's like that full-on um awareness that full-on presence right that like you know we're on it's
0: the... like an open awareness too like when you're in the woods and you're trying to look for something or you know you, ha- you have to be like wide open if you're just staring in one little place you're gonna miss the whole thing and right I, and i think that opens up your perception and the loosens up your ego and helps Correct. you connect to the bigger thing you definitely feel your place in the and world you just kind of have to be out in nature for a little while and that'll kind of happen
1: right because there's that anxiety like i've been on hunts in wyoming where you know we're working a you know f- three mile um hillside right and yeah one guy's a mile and a half down on the other side of the, the other side of the valley. And we're starting up top and you get, you know, half a mile in and you look around and there's nothing around you other than you nature and animals that you're, you know, you're, you're looking for. Right. And there's that 30 seconds or sometimes a minute of like, holy shit, like this is bigger than me. Right. Like I have to kind of like, I got to be aware. I got to like be on, you know, but You can relax too. Right. You could just
0: die, suffer and die.
1: By yourself in the middle of nowhere. No, no, it's heavy. So I think, you know, for me, that is having a a respect, though, for like nature, too, right? And, you know, I I think of myself as a conservationist more than anything else.
0: I think that's a part of of the hunting world that a lot of people that don't hunt don't realize. There's like this, it's a conservationary aspect of it of right. keeping the numbers manageable um all of that
1: it's not about killing it's uh, you know for us we i mean I, I i don't even call it that it's it's obviously that's not to you know skirt it too much but it's like there we harvest right but it's yeah. like it, for me it makes me feel like i'm connected to my roots you know whatever well, not for sure culturally or you know i've always, socially. Felt
0: that. I've always wanted to do it just to just to connect with that, you know, it's like part of our ancient history right. as human beings that we had to hunt and gather and whatnot, you know, but again, as a modern man, I've never had to, had to do that. I can always just go to a grocery store or something, give me a sweet steak or whatever, right? you know, but it's one of those things like to get like bore and whatnot, you know, you kind of need to know a hunter, <laughs> right? You know, it used to definitely be like that. I think there's a bit more Availability of that here and there. Yeah, I mean, specialty stores and whatnot.
1: Right, which, you know, is is great because it gives people an idea. I think the cool thing for me about being able to harvest an animal is I get to share that experience. Like we had uh, some blacktail that I had shot last year, blacktail deer we had last um, night, we had wild yeah, boar, that's we had not some duck. funny
0: You're like this big, fucking, <laughs> kind of intimidating looking tattoo guy, big beard big body, you know, work at the gun shop. But there's this side of you that's like this like fancy TV chef or some shit, man. <laughs> I'll take that. that. that Thanks. That, no. that meal you made last night was so fucking good. And all the different meats again, like I've just I'm just kind of having usual. Steak, fish, chicken. Yeah. You know, but yeah, what did we have last night?
1: So we had coastal blacktail deer. Um, and I, I harvested that last year in Sonal, California, 30 minutes from here
0: that and i really enjoyed that that was like the steak kind of but a little different than that but right. steaky
1: and you know we had the conversation we had last night about that the kind of the cool thing is the ranch that i harvested which is also a cattle ranch it is so isolated um that it is completely unmolested ecosystem and land so these Animals the the purity of the muscle is is, you can't get it. They're eating the bet the un you know, just the the best of the best of what's nat in their natural environment. Right. And you know, and actually it was kind of the cool thing with that deer last year. It was it was an eight year old buck. Okay. And they live an average of like ten years max, right? And I could tell by the you know, by my reading and my geeking out on, you know, how to like I think that's another
0: thing people don't realize about hunters is there's so much research involved. You know, if you're going to be a good responsible hunter, let's say, like you're. Right. There's like a particular thing you're looking for. There's particular things you have permits for. You have to really know the animal so you're not shooting the wrong one and fucking up the ecosystem. You know. But you know, at the same time, if it's good, it's good. Right. But then having the wherewithal to kill it with one shot and not make it suffer.
1: Yeah, you know, you're um, ethical, ethical, you know. That's what's... That, yeah, stuff.
0: that's the trippy part. You'd think, oh, these guys are just murderous motherfuckers just jamming out in their pickup trucks some and guys, shooting Some animals. guys are, you know... Some guys are those Right, exiles. there's some, out, there's some yeah. outlaws out there. It's, but, but that's the thing. That's not... It's I don't even think that that's the majority.
1: Not the people that I know. Um, no, because no, I think, me either.
0: That's just it. The, pe- the people that I know that are hunters are some of the most intelligent down-to-earth people I've ever met
1: well it's kind of like tattooers that's how I feel a lot of the times you know what I mean that there's like you know people be like well
0: there's a lot of tattooers that are assholes oh yeah well same thing right it's interesting people that are smart and cool and you know creative right you but you you know
1: take you for example you've traveled the world you've shown in some amazing galleries all over the world right like you've you've learned about culture you've sure you know and you're you're self-made You get, you know, so it's like, there's, there's some cool aspects, I think with, with being, um, being a connoisseur of something, you know, and also being a good advocate. I think that's another huge thing, right? Like I want, I'm always willing, um, to help somebody out. And that's kind of something I talk about in the gun store, you know, that like we, there's a lot of, um, firearms being sold because of, you know, the state of the world right now. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, de- I definitely wanted to talk about that, yeah, because that's what's happening. Uh, like I said, like, people are asking me about it, knowing that I have some firearms and have grown up around them, and, um, yeah, people I wouldn't have suspected, you know, are now like, hey, you know. So what is it like, let's say, for someone walking into your shop in California, and California has pretty strict gun...
1: Some of the strictest you know, in the nation. Some of the strictest. Right.
0: So that's probably a good gauge of how things go down, but, like... Let's say a customer walks in. Can you kind of walk me through how Absolutely. it goes
1: down? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I kind of get an idea. I mean, you know, I'm always asking people, what are you here for? And they're, well, I, you know, it's and I kind of know the look now a lot of times with people kind of, it's an intimidating kind of thing because you should have a healthy fear and respect for something that can take life, right? And the whole thing is um, getting educated, like you said. And and I think the at least the shop that I work at, um, we've done a really good job um, of making it a non intimidating kind of uh, situation, right and um, even for somebody like you said for me visually for some people, it's like holy shit this guy's covering tattoos. he's big, he's got dark yeah. features. I'm in the gun
0: shop. I'm in the gun <laughs> shop and I'm and I'm I'm packing, right oh, sure I'm, I'm wearing Absolutely. you know when you yeah.
1: when I came out last night, I had my holster oh, on still. Right. so it's that's you right. know um but that being said, um oh you know, at least, Recently, in the last year and a half, I've gotten really comfortable with my getting to know myself. That's one of the benefits of aging, right? You get you hopefully. get to know, who hopefully, right? Hopefully,
0: who, you have those times when you self evaluate and you switch your shit up if you need to and move on.
1: Right, you know, and I think kind of the cool thing about you know knowing myself is that um if you, you know if you're gonna be heard you, you know we all have a voice right and if you're going to be heard and you're going to be an advocate or you're going to stand for something or believe in something well you got to present yourself in a certain way yeah. and for me it comes very natural because it's something i'm so passionate about right so yeah. um you know just getting an idea the reason why somebody wants to what what, what, what are, are you,
0: the reasons lately i mean is it mostly what i would most, suspect is home security self defense,
1: self-defense self-defense um and i usually ask them like self-defense and target shooting because that's you know, um, they go hand in hand. Um, I love target shooting. Well, it's, it's... That's the thing.
0: I hope I never have to use my weapons in self-defense, really. But, you know, if right. it comes down to it, I know how to how to handle the situation. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just I love target shooting. Well,
1: they say the best offense is a defense, right? Yeah. Somebody does. They. Sure. They. Sure. But... Um, somebody, said somebody said it. Somebody said it. But I think for me... Growing up on those, you know, those cattle ranches and growing up in the marshlands of like, you know, the Madera County and stuff like that for the duck hunting, yeah. I think it being a normalized thing, but having a healthy fear and respect for it as well, right? Yeah. The ba- A good balance. I think education, just like we talked about. Yeah. Um, for me, I played football, you know, Little League. I played, uh, you know, high school football. I played sports, right? Sports. Yeah. I'm using the air quotes. Yeah. Uh, but... I didn't I knew I wasn't going to be like a professional athlete nor did I want to sure. be one. even though, you know, collect baseball yeah. cards and stuff like that and you have your heroes and and you kind of do what in the in the culture is you know is is popular, right? But for me it was always like once I shot that 22 long rifle and I was like, "Whoa." You know, like the uh like my adrenaline. Yeah, sure. you know, it's like, "Whoa, this is serious." And that's cool. I could do that. I was actually I was a pretty good shot growing up, you know. I was too. Yeah. Right. Like naturally yeah. I was just, it gave me the focus that I needed and an outlet that allowed me to feel empowered. Sure. And, um, but also with that healthy fear and respect, you know? Right. And, um, I, I kind of always liked that. And I tried the corporate deal and I tried like, you know, working, you yeah. I, 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 and I think I did it well and you know, but sure. it just, it was literally, it wasn't me. Right. Like I, I did what I needed to do. Cause I thought that's what you did. And recently, yeah, I've been, you know.
0: Yeah, dude, totally. I think we all saw that as your friends, you know, because again, you're you're covered in tattoos and by this sick fucking people, and you hang out with really neat people, and you yeah, you had corporate gigs for a while. Right, it's and like we were what's... just
1: like, huh? <laughs>
0: well, it's all good. I mean, you know, do your thing. Right. Um, but you know, so. So let's go back to say a customer coming right. in. Like how do, how how does that unfold?
1: So that, that unfolds basically, you know, um right now it's just like I said, with the state of the world, and I guess that's a, a blanket statement, but we all know, you know, everything that's going on in the media. And I personally yeah. don't watch the news. I haven't, you know, since I like the pan- that about not yeah. <laughs> Well kinda, it's kind of funny in it, a way. It's like our moms and our more our moms for me at least tell sure. me you know it's who, who you surround yourself with which is yeah. true right you know okay. if you want to be around great people and do great things and you got to have good influences right so yeah. for me you know being also being sober as well right mm-hmm. like that's yeah. that's a new thing I'm like a year and a half into sobriety and yeah. it's allowed me to be exactly who I am and nothing else right so that's cool you know, the the cool thing with being comfortable with that is being able to make somebody feel at ease about something that you're passionate about. So, sure, um, right. you know, when I have somebody come in, we identify what it is and then we identify um, what they already have preconceived notions of. You know, can sure. I answer any questions you have right off the bat? There's no stupid questions. Yeah. We always tell people the only stupid question is the one that you don't ask. Right. So I'm here um, and, you know, I, I consider myself advocate for hunting for outdoorsmen. I, and I kind of explain. you know, you, yeah. you kind of have to put yourself out there a little bit with people, yeah. which I'm totally comfortable doing Cause I, I, believe in everything that I do, you know, yeah. so doing that. Um, so, you know, so what do you, what do you, what do you think? And kind of, you just want something to protect yourself in the home just cause like, you know, what's going on. And that's really what it is now. And you know, our people say, yeah, and I'd like to get into hunting. I'm like, cool. I can tell you more about that too. But uh, what we do is we qualify people based off of, at least for me, um, what their experiences with it, um, right. what they're looking to do with it, you know, and right. kind of break down, um, you know, that you know you're going to need training, and you know, do you feel comfortable operating this on your own? And um, at least for us with the store that I work at, excuse me, we really strive to let people know now you're part of a community, right? So we're here, we're going to answer any questions you have in the future. We're going to do what we can, but um, you know, you find something in somebody's budget and something that feels good, and I always go we're at right, right to feelings. I'm like you're gonna. This is how you hold it. This is how you operate it. Right. I'm gonna have you. Can you demonstrate that to me? Cool. You know, is this right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we're good. You know, we're like we're doing it together, sure. right next to each other. And you know, or I see somebody put their finger on the trigger, and I'm like,
0: Don't do that.
1: Hang tight. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna have you just move your finger up an inch and a half. Exactly. Keep it right there until you find your target.
0: That's the stuff people need
1: to hear. Well, yeah, and it's it's also you know for me growing up as a sensitive kid, it was like, you know, I, I get it. Because yeah. you don't want somebody to yell at you and, like... Because, you you know, you can get scared away from stuff because of the wrong experience with somebody. I think
0: a lot of people are going into a gun shop thinking it's going to be a little sketchy and intimidating, too. So when you have people, they're just like, hey, it's all good, man. Relax. Right. Like, I know this is a little sketchy. <laughs> right. You talk to somebody yeah. how you'd want them to talk so, to treat yeah, you. I mean, you know? how... Uh... You know, is there a general kind of things that you lead people towards? I mean, are people buying more revolvers or semi automatics or shotguns, or is it just kind of up in the air? At this First, point? two things
1: I usually get out of people um, Glock or a shotgun, sure. So it's interesting that that you know, the name Glock has been, um, I think
0: that's kind of the classic home protection combo, absolutely, on some level. a semi auto particularly a glock everybody knows about glocks right i have a zig with you know just yeah. different you know but um and the shotgun
1: right so handgun yeah. handgun or a long gun right that's so a, that's
0: the combo i have even for I, home protection and i think
1: that's like the trifecta i think for a lot of people in, in my opinion is going to be like a shotgun and pistol and a rifle sure um, and that's
0: the, the, again that, that's where I'm at too but I for basic home defense rifle, a hunting rifle, a shotgun and then a, a revolver and a semi-auto my friend Killer Mike um, he advocates five guns yeah like
1: well I'm, I'm good does, with that
0: no no that's the thing I, because he includes an assault style weapon correct in that for in, def, you know, in defense of tyranny you know, to defend yourself against tyranny What's well, interesting, you, you know bring, what I'm saying? Oh like, yeah, really, like. There's this next level of like, oh no, there could be organized groups coming to get me in case I need this kind of a weapon.
1: Something you know? for suppressive, suppressive force or fire, right? And and yeah. you know, and I people, I'll get the question from people, not really like I don't. I keep an open mind, especially even if I say, why. Why do you have guns or why this or you know? And the the best question that I have, I'm like, well, when you call the police what do they show up with? They're like, like they've got a, they've got a handgun on their side, but guess what's in that patrol car?
0: A big shotgun.
1: Or most likely now it's a semi-automatic, um, AR style rifle. Right. Um, and yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of the, I think sometimes you don't have an opportunity in a defensive situation to, you can't sit there and wait for the police to show up if somebody's, trying to hurt your family or take your life or that's, you know
0: That's how my dad explained it to me as a kid. There's a response time and sometimes you're gonna have to do a little something to get it till it, it you know you get help.
1: Right and I think it's know? just it's just really getting the proper training and being comfortable with it. So that if that situation does arise, shooting being a perishable skill yeah. that you've already trained enough, it's like playing chess, it's like riding yeah. a bike, it's, you know, it's like drawing, it's like anything that you put the time into, it'll yeah. allow you to, you know, yeah. to yeah. get better at it or comfortable yeah. with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, no, I mean, for in for California, it's really um, any California resident, you know, as long as you have a valid ID, at least yeah. for, like I said, for California, every other states may be different, but uh, very similar. Valid California ID. Um, We require um, uh, firearm safety certifications, so that's something I I do daily, where um, I provide a test from the Department of Justice. That's thirty questions, and you can study. Is it a written test? It's a multiple choice. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you know you they've got study guides online. And um, 30, uh, 30 questions, you know, no phone, so no. So uh,
0: could just do that in the store. Absolutely.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, we have pretty okay. we have pretty strict guidelines. The Department of Justice has us, you know. Sure. But they, you know, you come in, you say, "I want to take the test." I tell you what you need to put on it, what you need to read, what you need to sign. You go sit down, answer the thirty questions. We correct it, and then you get a firearm certification card, basically saying that. What the Department of Justice has deemed as acceptable for knowledge of knowing about safety-wise how to handle a firearm um, that you're you pass that to purchase a firearm.
0: That's what I think a lot of people don't realize. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's, it's not like you just walk in and buy a buy a gun and walk no. out like buying a beer or uh, anything. Well, you know and, what I mean? and, like,
1: and there's also a background check, right? Well, for so, sure, yeah. You know, so there's, um, you can't be a felon um you know and
0: they it, yeah it's like how, you give them because i've done the background check every time i bought a firearm from a dealer and i can't remember like exactly what information i gave them but yeah it only took a few minutes i feel like they did it over the internet
1: right it, now if you lie you can also you know there's there's consequences for that and and, and dip- of course there are <laughs> right right but yeah. you, you can't hide the have a felony if you yeah. have any history of domestic violence, that's a those two are no-go. So if you, no you put go.
0: on your application that you don't have any felonies and it comes back that you do, is that kind of automatically make it so you're not buying a
1: gun? Oh, yeah, yet? it gets denied. You're done. Absolutely. You I mean, yourself. but most people know. Yeah. You know, but they kind of want to see... I
0: think, you know, the other thing is, too, is... I gotta think a lot of the people coming into you, especially these days, are just regular nine to five law abiding people. Absolutely. That are just like shook right now, like oh, what the fuck. I help
1: everything from um stay at home moms yeah. to lawyers to, yeah. you know, folks that work in the food industry to I mean, sure. you name it, everybody it, it kind of the interesting that's thing that's as of lately with you with the virus in that situation, um I'd say 85 to 90% of our uh, customer base for the first month or so that started was of the Asian or more specifically Chinese population. And I've talked about that with other people and they're like, well, interesting. And I'm like, well, think about it. I'm like, we live in an area where there's a lot of folks coming over from other other countries to work within the tech industry, right? Yeah. And we have a very diverse area here, right? We have a lot yeah. of East East uh, Asian. We have, you know, Chinese. We have, you know, there's...
0: always been a big mix.
1: Right. But, you know, more as of lately with the tech industry, there's a lot of folks that are okay. over here as permanent residents or yeah. they're on a work visa. And um, I think one of the coolest things, you know, I had this moment where I started thinking about it, I'm like, Holy shit I was like you know from traveling as well and knowing the history of some of these countries they're coming from a culture where the government is not as trustworthy as a lot of people think they are I mean and I think sure. we've we've had some you know we know a little bit more about that yeah, we're a little bit more yeah. we're a little yeah, bit more yeah. woke right yeah. as they say so I think we're kind of realizing they're a bit more shady Right, but there's also, yeah. you know, there's countries that were communists, right? And specifically yeah. China, dealing with that, there's folks that are here that are basically living the American dream. Yeah. They are getting an opportunity to work an honest job, pay their taxes, be part of a community. And they're like, I've never thought about bo- owning a gun before, but I'm going to do it because that's an American right. Exactly. And I'm like, damn, that's awesome. I'm like, good yeah. for you, because you know what? Their parents or their grandparents may have been in a country where, you know what, the police come to the door, they knock on the door, it's like, hey, open the door, I'm going to take your shit. Or like, you're going to do what I want you to do, or you're coming with us. It's like there's no... There's
0: no recourse.
1: You know, and I think that's from a defensive standpoint, that's really where it comes to that having that responsibility to properly get trained and at least knowing that you can exercise that right, hopefully to never use it, right?
0: yeah. I imagine there would be some fear there, too, because there was so much propaganda about the coronavirus coming from China and it being weaponized, right. and I, I would imagine that would make the local Chinese people a little shook, and absolutely. Like, I don't know if the cops are going to come help, like,
1: well, that's what I, I mean, you, you know, know, it's,
0: like, what, and we can go get guns? Okay, maybe we should.
1: Right, and you, you know, know the interesting thing, too, a lot of people don't know, permanent residents can also, they can apply to purchase a firearm. Yeah. Um, Which is, you know, there's, it's, uh, I think if you are meeting the criteria, you pass background and you show, I mean, if somebody tells me they're going to go hurt somebody, personally, I'm not going to sell it to them. That's just...
0: Why the hell would you? What an idiot. Well... Walk into a gun shop like, yo, I'm going to kill my boss, man. I need to come right now. And you're like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, are you kidding me? There's... I mean, I haven't had to... That's not the place, I feel like. If you're going to do that, you go get a gun from some shady shit. Right. You know, a hot gun.
1: I haven't experienced that, but I know people in the industry that have, and they're like... Oh, I'm sure. It's like a no, you know, you're... No. (laughs) Don't come back here, dude.
0: I mean, I mean, I, God, that would just be so stupid. I would think they might be recording conversations in gun shops. We,
1: well, you know, we walk in
0: we... like an asshole. Like I'm going to commit a murder. Like, whoa, what? What? no, well, no, right. no, 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 no. And so, crazy.
1: you know, I think it's like you said, it just comes back to education, but, um, sure. Sure. yeah, we had a, we've had three to five hour waits. You know? No,
0: yeah, you were telling me the the how like how many people are in line when you guys open up at ten on one of those busy days.
1: Um, a hundred. A
0: hundred people well, waiting in line when you open. Put it this wow. way: I looked down the
1: block and I couldn't see the end of the couldn't line. See so. the end of the line. Um, and
0: people who are that patient. will just kick it. I the think... of the day and just be like, no, I'm not. I'm getting a gun today.
1: Right, and yeah. I think part of it is, um, you know, not. I'm not like a huge. Tech guy, right? Like I know sure. enough because yeah. I like the analog things that like work for yeah. me. Yeah. But um, I can tell you that like we have like five hundred positive reviews on Yelp. Yeah. People use something like that, and there's a whole like people look at that as what it is what it is. But sure. Just in the instance that they mention my name, they say this guy was patient and he was cool. Right. Um. Right. And there's women, and there's different ethnicities and different ages a lot
0: of women are buying firearms too absolutely
1: and And, you know and they um
0: that's something i've always kind of uh like if i have a new girlfriend i always ask them pretty early in the relationship if they're comfortable with firearms and if some shit went down and i needed help could you handle a firearm or vice versa you know i can handle one in case you get in trouble and uh, if they said no, I would take them to a range and get them comfortable and. That's my ideal up, date. They ended up really digging it, you know. I mean, it's one of those things. Yeah, I mean, you're really into it, so. I well, it's funny that, that you movie. mentioned that's so why I was laughing. Just yeah.
1: because you say it, I don't. I just expect them to kind of know, like you know. Going to the range at some point. <laughs> well, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't have to love it. Is yeah, the way I look at just it. It's going to happen. Though. I just.
0: It's what you do. It's what you're into.
1: Right. It's like yeah. you know. Don't tell me. Show me right sure, and then sure. you know it's because you know you just um, hands on right <laughs>
0: yeah can we talk a little bit about uh ammo this absolutely such a weird, no it's weird cool weird podcast but i think that's another thing i think people are under the assumption that there's just one kind of bullet you know and like when i was a kid um my dad had the uh the the 38 that was for home. 38 special a 38 special um it would have Back then they were called nyclad rounds. It was like shotgun shells for a thirty eight like caliber, a pssh, like a bird, like a like snake a, shot. They call like it snake shot. Exactly. Yeah. But like if you're in your home and somebody breaks in and they're down the hallway and you let one of those off, you're probably not gonna kill them. You're gonna you're gonna knock them down, maybe scare the shit out of them. They're gonna get some pellets here and there. Right. But um, so he always had three of those rounds and then three regular bullets that if, it gets killers, to that if it gets to <laughs> it that it usually never does but i think but that that's a thing that people don't really realize that there's this you know just as much as cops have rubber bullets there's all kinds of options um that are you know i think i would think of in various levels of lethal you know um power
1: i always recommend a shotgun hands sure. down just because Kind um, can't miss it. That's <laughs> just, kinda what it is, just right? Way in that direction. Right. And you know, I think under pressure, um, or under stress, you know, if you have a single projectile yeah and you have a two foot wide body, you know Oh sure. Then... Oh, no,
0: that's the thing with a shotgun and a house. right. like it's gonna those pellets are gonna hit wall to wall and anything Correct. that's uh in between it's gonna get it.
1: Right. And we that's the other thing we wanna think about, right? That I talk to people, I'm like, Well, who's in the home? Right. Do you have kids? Yeah. Because there's um, certain city, um, you know, rules that you have to follow. There's county rules. Um, sure. It's got to be. You Are know, there
0: rules about like uh, how they're stored?
1: If there's children in the home, is really if the big thing. If there's children
0: in the home, yeah. Do you, right. Like in, like let's say here in California, do you have to have one of those like fingerprint ID uh, safes and things?
1: So those don't work very well. Okay. Um, which is but interesting. I'm just saying, though,
0: uh, Like. It, 'Cause I know it's some that kinda you, have, right. you can't just have it out. It's county be and city away from like a place where a kid could get to it. County and city. Like even when I was a kid, I was so tall, dad just <laughs> put it way up high. So my sister just physically couldn't get to it. My yeah. little sister. You know, but all the adults and me could get at it if I needed to.
1: Yeah. That's something we consider and um, you know, we try to it's it depends on really the city and county you live in. Yeah. But um, for the most part I know like in some of the surrounding cities that are, you know, in Santa Clara, San Mateo County, depending on what city you live in, um, like Sunnyvale specifically, you have to have it behind in a locked cabinet.
0: Yeah. That's just it. I know that the, yeah, it depends on where you're at, how they, how they deal with that, you know, but again, like a regular person, you know, knowing that they need it for self-protection and it might be a panic situation where you need it really quick kind of Maybe won't put it in the safe. There's you know ways. That, there's ways around it, things, like, right? You know, people are gonna do what they're gonna do.
1: You know, they've. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that they've just recently a new version of the firearm safety test has come out, and one of the questions was, "True or false? Does having a firearm in the home increase chances of suicide?" Oh. And the answer on the test is true. Sure. Now that's and you well, know
0: isn't that like statistically the number one kind of...
1: I don't um, know. You know, I don't know about that. The, um,
0: yeah, I mean, I've. I mean, that's the thing with statistics; it's kind of all well. It's always like changing you can find too, right? One that contradicts the one who's you just who's read. who's doing the survey. You know, was the thing with like um, gun crime, you know, it's like a huge part of that is people using guns to kill themselves. Right. You know, it's not like they're all murders. You know, and it's like kind of a sad part of the firearm story is the how many people use them just to end their own lives
1: yeah and like i said once again i think you know that the mental health issue in the country is a is a whole different thing right so it's like conversation it is
0: pop culture like you know is should mental health be part of say the testing to get one i know like in your situation like i mean god that'd be bizarre but
1: well, right, I'm not qualified, right? To sure. Like, but, you know, I think the only thing... Well maybe
0: that's another step in the process at some point is you have to see a counselor and they have to vouch for your soda, kind of sanity to be able to handle a, a weapon. Yeah. But who knows how, you know, how long that would last or if there's a catastrophic event that makes you fucking lose right. it.
1: And, yeah. Right, and I, you know, I think specifically even for somebody in recovery, like I've had this sure. conversation with other people that they're like, hey, you know, um, I'm also sober and... Um, thinking about getting a gun but do, what do you think and I'm like you know well what do you mean They're like well do you think like is it good what if I'm having like a bad day I'm like if you're even considering something like that I was like I think we need to kind of take some steps back and yeah, kind of you know not. right right yeah, maybe but not. but you know I think for you and I yeah. um kind of being advocates for something, but also being advocates sure. for just talking to each other about how do you feel? Where are you at? When we were talking well, that's about the, the funny part, to right. Me
0: is so there's so much misinformation about, you know, guns and firearms and the second amendment and all that kind of stuff. You right. You sit down and talk to somebody who knows about it. It's like, Oh, okay. There's, there's a, uh, there's angles to be seen here. Can you talk to me a little bit about like laws regarding protecting your home? Like in New Mexico, I think my dad explained if I chased somebody out into the yard and shot them in the back after they had broken into the house, that was not going to fly. I was going to get a lot of shit. But if they were in the house and I shot them in the house and they remained in the house, then that was, as far as the cops concerned, a pretty clean case for them to deal with. You know what is it like like here? Let's say somebody's breaking into your house and you shoot them through the window. Like, are you going to get in some? Shit, or do they physically need to be in the house, or? Well, you know what I'm saying. Absolutely, Those are really specific things. It's kind of people a f- need to know. It's a
1: fuzzy area, right? So, so
0: even legally, it's a f- well, still a bit.
1: I'm gonna say for the record, I'm not sure. a lawyer, right? No, no, that's just it. But <laughs> like, I'm just saying, but, you, know, you guys must be talking about this Absolutely, stuff
0: I'm sure customers are asking. So
1: your life needs to be in danger, right? Right. And so, you know, they're so not
0: like a regular burglary might not count if they're not actually threatening. Your correct.
1: Knife. I mean, and that's kind of the, it really depends on the situation. Sure. I mean, that's just, and especially in like, like a, say
0: a burglar that doesn't have a weapon in his hand uh, and you, you shoot know, him, that might still be problematic.
1: I would, I would assume so. I mean, yeah. I, I think like a warning shot would, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's
0: well, again, that was more my dad's attitude. Like, don't, don't kill people, but right. just like you got to let him know, like, this ain't cool. And, you know, give them a chance to think about what they're doing.
1: So I have this conversation with people regularly, and they're like, well, you know, a pump-action sh- pump, sh- pump action shotgun, right? That's the sound, right? The and I'm sound. Like, I'm like, well, yeah, but I disagree. Yeah. Because, you know, like, somebody like me, right? Like, if I put myself in the shoes of somebody who would want, like, let's say somebody's equally trained, right? Okay. And for some reason, they decide they want to do something to hurt somebody. Sure. There's some people that are so far out there or... or whatever's going on with them, that the sound of a pump action shotgun for some people isn't going to scare her. Now I always say like the sound of pellets hitting the the wall next to you or the sound of a gunshot going off. That's yeah. You know, that's really going to get somebody's attention.
0: That's one of those things. I think you're also, you, you just gave up the element of surprise. Right. On a certain level. If they're, if they do have a gun and they're on the other side of the house and they hear a shotgun pump, they're like, okay, somebody's locked and loaded. So I need to be ready to go. Right. Whereas if you just snip, you know, just came up on him and shot him, like, that may not have had any, you know, idea that that was coming.
1: Right, and that's why like I always that's the thing. I always yeah. push for semi-automatic shotguns because even as like a hunter, I'll be in the city. Uh, i That's be...
0: what I just bought too. Is I've never had a semi-automatic shotgun. That's one of the reasons I came up here because I'm a little. It's it's a new, it's a new machine. You know. And I, yeah. I'm unfamiliar with it, and it scares the shit out of me. It's a lot. You know? um, Mine can go through five rounds so fast. Right. Like, boom, 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 boom. Just done.
1: And that's something that I stress with people, too. I'm like, it's, you know, they're, people are always only 10 rounds, you know? And I'm like, listen, you hope you never, that's what I said. I'm like, you hope you never have to use one. One will do the trick. Right. And I'm like, you know, you have two magazines. I'm like, but if you get to that, I was like, we have way bigger problems. You're in a firefight with somebody um you better pray that you get backup or the police comes there sure. or you know sure. it's that person loses interest but yeah. you know i think like i said i always stress training 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 most people yeah. instead of a five thousand dollar gun they need a five hundred dollar gun and forty five hundred dollars worth of training sure <laughs> you don't I, and that's just an that's just a number i was oh, throwing out there but yeah. I, even just being part of the local a community and you know people
0: to hear just that analogy
1: Well, I mean, really, that's, you know, it's just, and that's why... You
0: step into it, it's serious. Right. Yeah.
1: So, you know, it's just one of those things. I think that it it being a perishable skill and, you know, just like anything else, you, you know, you you go out and like we're tomorrow, we're going to go take a beautiful drive up, you know, up nine to Skyline and we're going to spend the day... Yeah. As a range, safely operating and having you know a good day. Yeah, I'm looking forward. To right, it. we're gonna shoot some skeet. We're gonna shoot some I'll semis, some that, bolt actions. Yeah, we're gonna do some pistols, fun. some tin can. Fun. You know, it's gonna be a little bit of everything. But that's sure. That's how I spend my day, and you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and in the end, I'll I'll, I'll feel I'm sure a lot a lot safer. Right, because you, know, you know we're doing it
1: together. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things. It's just like. You know, I run into all kinds of different people in the world, and sometimes they have skills in different, you know, things, and I try to get that knowledge directly from them. Absolutely. That's what we're
1: supposed to do. We're supposed to share with each other, right? I mean, you know.
0: Another uh, funny thing about you is you're really into tie-dye it's like the fucking big tattoo dude that works at the gun shop with the four by four you know and the, the whole nine and then yeah your side gig is tie-dye and you're fucking good at it
1: thank you it's so
0: funny to me you're such like a like like what i think of as an american like this big mix of a person that has all these different interests and it's all just kind of works out and you know, it's well, just thank really
1: you. cool. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's something I got into in the last year and a half and um, I just thought it was even just saying the word tie dye, it's hard to say it and not smile or yeah. like, kind of like yeah. it kind of, Fucking it, hippie shit. well, that's what I mean. And it's, it's, it's peace, love and like, yeah. you know, being free. So it's kind sure. of that, that whole PMA, right? You got that mm. PMA. So, it's positive mental attitude, right? So, right. it's just...
0: It has a symbolic power to you. The man. positive, finding, yeah. finding,
1: staying in the solution, finding things that are good in things, you know? And you give it's somebody funny. a tie-dye shirt, they it's smile. Funny too,
0: it's too, because it is, like, this uh, thing that coincides with your sobriety, huh? Absolutely. It's like the yeah. tie-dye came out when you sobered right. up, and it's just like, oh, shit, Tony's got this, like, flavor, man. Right? Like, oh, it's nice to see. I mean, admittedly... You were fun as a maniac, you know. Exhausting though. Stuff. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but but you know, even at 48 years old, like I, I I feel a lot more comfortable around you now. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Same vibe. Right. Just, I'm drinking cider right now. Right. But you know, it's not like we're getting crazy. And well, I don't know. I think it's just really cool.
1: I had my fun. It was fun. There was yeah. a lot of there was a lot of fun times. There was also a lot of exhausting and ugly times. But. That's how life is, right? Yeah. You know, you yeah. stay so, in the solution. Where did the tie dye thing come from? You know, crazy. Um, I actually. Uh, somebody, for I, dead? No, somebody. No, I, somebody I got sober with. Okay. Um, you know, um, I had. I went to a treatment center, and uh, my roommate happened to be a hunter. Okay. And he happened to be like a big music guy, and that was his thing. And, um, you know, that's something that when he got out, he's like, yeah, I'll totally show you. So I think the cool thing oh. about that is it. It really, I looked at it as a something tangible that I could access, that I could tap into a creative part of my brain, mm. and I could produce something. And you know that as an artist, as a creator, oh, yeah. right? You making something, it increases the endorphins in your mind, right? Like you, you get this There's a satisfaction, the satisfaction, right? It's yeah, you're producing something. Like
0: a a blank piece of paper and just add some ink to it now it has value the fucking sharpie a story right which is fucking retarded yeah that's <laughs> no, it's it's awesome but i pull it off but it's kind of you know it's the same with the shirts you know you start with this blank shirt basically and yeah. then you you know and there's also this kind of unknown about how it's all gonna pan out in right. the end with a tie-dye
1: somebody's so, gonna wear know, it Somebody's sure. gonna like it.
0: Oh, I love the ones that you. Thanks, man. Yeah, we're gonna make we're gonna make some in a bit here. That's I'm fucking psyched. I You're gonna make your really own. Cool. I'm gonna just kind of like. Oh, yeah. I'll make one too, but you know. That's hot. That's hot. Yeah. So you, so. You were were you doing like a residential treatment? I did. Program? I did. Okay. I I put I myself know many in there. i people that have done that. I've had lots of friends that have kind of done AA, and done different kind of programs, but not like, not like that, you know? I went I would think that that would really be a good, like, just, just as like, you know, you do Buddhist practice, and you can do it on your own, you can talk to people about it, but it's not until you go do, like, a week-long silent retreat, retreat where yep. you're engaged in it 100%, there's zero distractions, and you're around a community of people that are doing the same work, you know, so I can see how, you know, a residential program for beating alcoholism and whatnot would be, right. you know, be a heavy thing to do, but again, you're, you're going to f- build this, uh, system of people to help you.
1: Best year of my life. And I, and really? like, I, absolutely. Oh, that's um, cool to hear, man. well, cause you know, I think th- for me and you know, we're all, there's always something that we can kind of polish in our lives. Right. <laughs> And
0: I think so. I think that's an, a good attitude it's to not have. Per- I know a lot of people are just like, oh no, I'm fine. I'm just going to roll till I die.
1: Well, I don't want to be... It's like, we don't <laughs> you know want to... I mean? Right. Nobody wants a perfectionist, but we want to oh, have... Sure. We want to be around people that motivate us. And for like me... people
0: that strive towards goals. Right. Sure. sure.
1: And, and that, that was the thing. I had reached a point where, for me, it was like, I was unhappy. And yeah. I had to look... I had to be completely honest with myself and be like, what is the source of this unhappiness? You have an awesome family you you know you're talented yeah sometimes some would say easy on the eyes sure so handsome motherfucker just, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> likewise but you know it's no but it, it it really i mean where what what's going on here so if, if, yeah. if for me it was being honest with myself allowed me to you know get put life on hold for a while get educated about something be part of a community you know, just put life mm-hmm. on hold, and and you know, like I said, it was the best decision it's I ever made. Even,
0: yeah, it's not even like you really put life on hold. You just kind of just like, cause you kept breathing. I mean, right? If, but know, I mean, like, but but it's like you you know, you switched gears and you, you decided to get off that road and try this. You know, and it turned out to be a much better. Well,
1: you know, I I was thing work. You you know, I mean, we we're so geared that we have to like we're chasing something. Yeah. Right? But what... You know, what are we... What are we actually chasing, though? You know, it's like...
0: sure. I'm always kind of... I mean, that's a big part of my Buddhist practice is just realizing, you know, I have pretty much what I want day to day already. And there's not really much striving to be needed. That's all That's pretty fucking great, actually. Right. And I think
1: that's, you know, a a great point is being thankful, being able to look and, you know, appreciate what you have and be observant and, um, you know, and just try to be the best you that you can be. You know, it's sure. like, it's just... Yeah, no, it's cool. Not anybody else. It is
0: cool, it is cool to me that it, ma- it visually manifested as tie-dye shirts. <laughs> totally. Well, it's, you know... It's it, so it's,
1: rad. And I, I think that, interesting though enough, that has allowed me to have the confidence Yeah. to take on other things that I would not even think that I was capable of doing. You oh, know, that's cool. Right? That's really cool. So it's like baby steps, right? You yeah. don't, you know... You you're hope gonna, for
0: that kind of connection to happen, where you, you connect the dots and things really start to roll nicely.
1: I mean, you know, it's like anything else. It's like, if you're going to run a marathon, I mean, if you're coming off the couch and you try to run that marathon, yeah, you're, you're probably going to fail. But you're fucked. if you start taking those walks around the block, and then you start taking, you know... Those... That's
0: funny, I've been doing that myself lately, because uh, I want to start skateboarding, and I just got a wetsuit, so I want to try to surf... And, uh, I'm really stiff. So I've been doing a lot of yoga again to try to get my body ready to even go out in the ocean and not drown and go skateboarding and not destroy my legs and my arms. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I guess that's part of being a, an adult, too, and realizing, man, if I just jump into this, I'm going to break something, and then I'm fucked. Right? <laughs> you know? Like, you can't just jump into shit like when you were a kid.
1: Know yourself, know your limitations, and, you yeah. know... If, and I I mean, want to
0: back off. Right. You know? Not get competitive. Ego. Know? Ego and
1: pride, right? Those are...
0: <laughs> no, nah, for real. I mean, so Kick many people butt. get hurt just because, you know, whoever they're you know, like skating, skateboarding with or whatever is better than them. And they think, oh, I can probably do what that guy just did. And then you break your fucking leg and then you're out of work. And it's just like this whole nightmare. I think that's the thing about getting older. You got to realize like, man, there's consequences, you know? Absolutely. Like, they, can get, they can get pretty heavy, especially injuries and things.
1: Well, yeah. Or even you know? emotionally. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of that. Right? I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know.
0: Totally. Totally. Yeah, do you have a therapist that you I do. With? You know, yeah, I actually I and,
1: too. it's interesting I haven't um as my life kinda changed, I uh I was seeing my therapist for like a week for almost the first I don't know, like for almost two years. Okay. Yeah. Within the last like six to eight months. Yeah. I've we talk or text every once in a while. Yeah. Um, and it's more like we talked about that, the good doctor kind of thing, the good talking doctor thing, where it's like, well, you look good, you sound good, you feel good. What are you doing that? Like, what are you doing that's working? Okay. Awesome. Keep doing that.
0: Yeah. That's a lot of what is going on with my therapist too. You know, especially right. during the pandemic, she was like, so many of her clients are honestly losing their minds and having a really tough time and are panicked and, Real issues, and when she gets talking to me, she's like, You're doing great, like, you're doing better than most people. You're actually doing good, you're thriving, you know. You're like, Yeah, like, you know, she's like trying to push the idea of like, Tell people about what you're doing, right? It's working, you know what I mean? Don't just think that it's just working for you, like, the same things work for a lot of other people.
1: It's interesting you say that because that's a question that I had. You know, one of the last times I talked to my therapist, we talked maybe now, like, maybe once a month. Yeah. Maybe. That's the same for me. Done a a lot of work to get to that point, right? And Where where I can... Yeah,
0: I saw her much more often early
1: on. And and I think it does help because sometimes we go through things where we have... It's like, number one, it's hard for you to be honest with yourself sometimes about, like, admitting things, right? That's the
0: greatest thing about my therapist is just she, she has this way of... Getting me to say what I really am right. feeling, and it's hard for me just to kind of do that. But in the context of a conversation, and she—that's her professional skill. Absolutely, like, like the classic question: "Well, how does that make you feel?" Right. <laughs> I ask people but, that but all the time. You, if you really think about it, man, you got to give a good answer, and you're like, "Well, fuck."
1: And why do I feel like well, that? Here we go. Like, yeah, sure, <laughs> right, sure.
0: But it's effective. I think it's absolutely. It's, it's, that's why I asked. I mean, if you if you did a Let's say a residential program. I feel like there's got to be some sort of like, a, um, you know, a, like a reminder to stay on track. You know what I'm saying, or like a a a, a more long term kind of person that kind of follows you, and a therapist would be really helpful in that way.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's been super helpful to me. Um, you know, and I think the even with going to meetings. Yeah. like it's funny I've talked to you about this I, when I visited you in Santa Fe remember I like made it a point I to go to a meeting, went to a meeting. I yeah. didn't want to go but like I know knowing who I am and how I do things yeah if I get if I start know. enjoying the splendors of life and I um start forgetting about you know things about myself and not being honest with myself yeah I put myself at risk. And I think yeah. we, all, we can all do that, right? Yeah. We can be living too high on the hog that we sometimes forget to do the little things that really yeah. that really make us who we are. Yeah. But I don't think I need to go. So so then I go because when I leave, I get reminded that, oh shit, this is why you go. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. and it's, it's also to support other people, right? Like I may be doing extremely well, but like they're like, yeah. look at this fucking guy. If he can right. get his shit together, then you know.
0: One of the worst things about the pandemic to me was the fact that they made the liquor stores turned out to be an essential business. Jeez. but the AA meetings couldn't meet because Dude. they couldn't practice social distancing and whatnot. Yeah. It's just like, what the don't <laughs> you know, leave your people hanging, man.
1: There's gonna be I, I have a feeling there's gonna be a, you know a, a new crop of folks that are gonna need some, a little bit of love and you know um, what I so saw
0: no. among some friends that are in AA now, um, they just started having the, the meetings illegally in their homes and inviting oh, yeah. the people over, just because they were like, "There's no fucking way we're not meeting." Like, no fucking way, Espe- especially like for their friends that were just new to the program and were oh, really, uh, right? you know, on that edge of relapsing terribly, and they're just like, "No, we gotta keep meeting at least for them." Like, fuck us, we'll be fine. Yeah, we've been doing it for years, right. and we just like the regularity sharing of continuing the message, to go right? to the meetings, you know. Yeah. And I, I get that part of it. I've know? been
1: I've been doing Zoom meetings. Sure. Which is like I was so against it at first.
0: I you know, I wasn't against it, but I, I've done a few Zoom meetings now. It's all good. And it's it's not the I just had the to world. get out I just
1: had to get outside of my head for a minute. You know, uh, it was like yeah, that's all it was. I
0: prefer it over a phone call, frankly. I hate talking on the phone if I can't see your eyes when I'm talking to you, I fucking hate. That I know. Shit. I yeah. just don't. I'm terrible about that. I just don't like talking on the phone. You know, but even if FaceTime is like it just personally. I'm way more at ease in that kind of a conversation. It's
1: all good. It's just me being stubborn. And yeah. once I sure. once yeah. I did it, it was just change, right? Yeah. And with change. How are you feeling? Well, there's a little bit of fear. I won't tell you. I'm afraid because I'm a macho man, and yeah. you know I have. <laughs> right. But yeah, at the end of the day, you do what works. That's you
0: know? cool. Well, I think we're at about time. Right on. That was a fun conversation. I hope people get something out of that. I hope so as well. I know a lot of my followers are just like artists and whatnot, but I, I think I'd like to talk to some more friends like you that you know we can just talk about general stuff. I appreciate you know, that, and, uh, and, you know, hopefully,
1: yeah. hopefully something I nice, said helped somebody, or, you know, um, I'm sure. I'm I, sure. you know, it's, yeah, it's all good, man, right on,
0: right on, well, I'm excited to go shooting with you tomorrow, absolutely, we're gonna have a <laughs> fun day up in the mountains, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. right on, right
1: Thank on, Mikey. You.